Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Hey, good morning, Soul Church. Good morning. You can grab your seats and good morning, good day. If you're watching online, you're tuning in at the perfect time. I believe um, none of us are watching online or in this service by accident. Can you believe that? Come and nudge someone and say, this is for you today. I know it's uh, focused on family and and, uh, we're certainly going to talk about parenting, but we're all the family of God. Amen. All, every single one of us, we have a Father in heaven, and um, we're all part of the family. That's why church is such a mess, and so difficult sometimes. Is anyone sitting next to the kingdom sibling you wish you weren't sitting next to? Anybody? Just check you sat next to who you wanted to sit next to. But listen, I just want to introduce what we're going to do today. Louise is going to preach. She is by far the best preacher in our family. By far the best preacher. And you will be out of your seats when she's preaching in a moment. But listen, I'm joking and I'm not joking. No, I'm not joking. There's a little bit of jest in there, but this is going to be a significant message. Don't miss it today. If you are a parent or a grandparent, perhaps you're a biological parent or grandparent or you're a a spiritual parent. If you don't have children of your own and you're a spiritual parent, this is a word right at the right time, in season for you. But let us introduce ourselves. My name is Andrew. I know many of you here. Pastor John introduced me as Chez. That's my kind of my other name. I'm not famous. I have two names. Now, I grew up, um, got saved at the age of 15, and I uh, was privileged enough to fall in love with and marry the pastor's daughter. Can you imagine that? Emails were sent, letters were sent. What on earth are you letting your daughter do and going out with this hooligan? Uh, but um, we, the Spirit worked and He joined us together. And 25 years later, we're still together and we're having a great time. We pastor, we pastor a great church, church called Glow Church across the UK. We're also around the world. You can have a look online. It's glowchurch.com. It's a privilege to be part of that church. And um, just a little bit about us, our family. So I'm Andrew. My wife is Louise. And um, I've got a picture just to show you how it started. Just have a look at the screen. How it started. There we go. And I was just putting this together just to see you've got some context when Louise is preaching about who she's talking about. Our wonderful family. Our eldest is a girl. The only girl that um, I've born. I've got four boys after that. The eldest is called Olivia. She is 22. She's 23. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I was trying to remember that before I got up here. Does anyone else do that? You know, whenever we need to put, we recently went on holiday, I had to put all the passport, all, passport details in and all the date of birth. So I had no idea. No idea. Does it make me a bad dad? Just means I can't remember. I've got five children. I describe them a little bit like the Rocky movies. I've seen them all, but I can't remember which was which at which time. I was there for all their births, but it's a bit hazy. Louise will say, say, remember that one, do you remember? I'll say, yeah, yeah, I think. 
Uh, and so I've got five wonderful kids. Olivia is the eldest. We named her after Olivia Newton-John, actually. Not after her, but I loved her singing, her voice, and she's called Olivia. No biblical names. I know that's really bad. The next one, Max, he's our 20-year-old son. Um, great, great. My first son, we're very proud of him. He's a preacher, worship leader, studying theology. And uh, he was born around the time of the big movie Gladiator. So, of course, I wanted to call him Maximus. To which Louise slapped me and said, do not be so ridiculous. So we settled on Max, which I know is a great dog name, but it's also a great, great name for a son. Our next son came along and he's called Zach. Yes, we kept all the names short so they could be top of the class and spell their name. Think about that. If you've given your child a really difficult, one of them fancy modern names that doesn't, is not phonetic, phonetically you know, in order or, or said in the right way, or spe- you, you're just making um, it difficult for your kids. Zach is a great name. Z-A-K. Not named off after Zachary from the Bible, just because we like the name Zach. And then we've got another boy called Jackson. He was actually named after his grandfather, uh, who was called Jack, sons of Jack. Um, and then we had our final child, which was a surprise. We're in London. Our only baby born in London. He's a southerner. He's called Will, and he is the cutest kid you will ever meet. I promise you, he's like the, he's like the kitten from Shrek. He'll look at you. I said to him on a Sunday, where did you get the sweets from? from, from where, how, how come you're drinking Dr. Pepper? He said, I just looked at somebody. And they melted. And this is all of them. Actually, it's Will's birthday today. So happy birthday, Will. If you watch this later on YouTube, happy birthday. I'm sure he's 10. Correct. He's 10. So that's how it was going. And, uh, we, you know, our, our life work, we are pastors, we're ministers, but our life work, and I want to tell you, whatever profession you are in, whatever career you are on, doesn't matter what initials you have above your name or before your name or after your name, your greatest calling if you have children. And your greatest calling, regardless of children, is to be a parent. It's to be a parent. When we get to heaven, I want God to say, you did a great job, Andrew. You were a great dad. That's really all I'm interested in. We've got another photograph up here, how it's going. This was just a few weeks ago, this next image. This is on my birthday. I celebrated my 49th birthday a few weeks ago, and that's how it's going. That's my daughter there, the eldest, Livia. She's beautiful, absolutely stunning. In fact, they're all beautiful. They're all amazing, and we're so proud of them. Hey, listen, before I introduce Louise, I just want to say a big brag on my wife. She is amazing. Um, people say, what are the secrets of marriage and parenting? I don't think there's any secrets. You've just got to work hard uh, and just do it together and, and put God first. That is the secret. But Louise has recently written a book called Living in the Stretch. I don't know that, whether that's to do with her childbirth or her experience of bringing up children. I didn't get involved with that. It's Living in the Stretch. And um, you can get that online. Her website is louisecherry.com. It's really imp- easy to remember. louisecherry.com. You can order the book on there uh, and for this weekend only because we love you guys at Soul there's a 10% um, discount code and it's just Soul S-O-U-L in capitals you can order that book on her website and we'll get that out to you it's an inspiring read and much of what she's about to talk about is in her book and that's pretty much all I want to say except come on put your hands together give a massive welcome to my amazing wife Louise Cherry come on 
Well, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be here. You can take your seats. Thank you so much for having us. We love your pastors, Pastors John and Chantel, very, very much. We're sad that we're missing them while we're here, but we're so grateful to be here. And I'm going to get straight into the message, but parenting, parenting is full of amazing moments of great joy. If you've been a parent for any length of time at all, or even if you've got nephews and nieces, or you've got kids that you love in your world, it's full of great joy, the first steps. Olivia, our oldest, we were so eager for her to walk, so eager with our first child, and she actually walked when she was only 10 months old. So we were like, yes, she is winning, she's better than every other kid because she's only 10 months old and she's walking. All the other children, I was like, do not walk. Because it, when they walk, you realize that suddenly there's a whole new world opened up to them. And they are, you are constantly leaning over, chasing after them. They are touching everything. They don't want to go into the push chair. Like, it's a whole new world. But that first moment when they walk is full of great joy. Their first day at school, you take all the pictures. And they look so cute. So, so cute. So much joy there. Have you ever gone to parents' evening and heard the teacher say that your child is a pleasure to teach? It just fills you with so much pride. I remember hearing the teacher say that about Zach, our middle boy, and saying these words, saying, Zach is such a great boy, he's such a pleasure to teach, but also he's so kind. He looks out for all the other children. If there's somebody by themselves, he goes to them and makes sure they're included. I'm like, oh, yes, that's my boy. My heart was about to burst. Such a proud, proud moment. For me, you know, one of the greatest joys in my life is when I see my children in church. I see them planted in the house of God, contributing, thriving, growing. I just love that. That's just such a moment of joy. But also when they're getting along with their siblings. I'm like, yes, there is a God in heaven. They do love each other. They really do. They're not just, they don't hate each other really. Um, they, you know, they actually do like each other. When those moments happen, it's such a moment of joy for me. But also parenting is full of moments of pain. When they're falling out with their siblings and you're, I'm like, please, please stop fighting. Please be nice to each other. Please say something kind to each other. That is painful for me as a mom. Andrew always says to me, it's, it's fine. It's normal for the boys to be physically fighting. I'm like, no, it is not. I had one brother we never physically fought. He's like, yeah, but that's just weird. Most siblings will fight. I'm like, okay, I don't know. But that's always my goal in life, to have them blissfully getting on. So it's painful when they're not. What about when they're vomiting? There's just something about vomit, isn't there, that just is painful, really, really full of pain. We were once driving, when we lived in the south, we were driving north with our three youngest. I think Will was about six or seven. And he was, we were maybe halfway there. And he said, Mommy, I don't feel well. My tummy hurts. I'm like, oh, you'll be okay. Let's wind the window down a little bit. You get some fresh air. Maybe try and have a little nap. You'll be okay. He's like, no, mommy, I really, really don't feel well. I really feel sick. I'm like, you'll be okay. It's, it's going to be fine. We're not going to have any vomit in this car today. I'm like, you'll be okay. No, mommy, I really, really feel sick. I'm going to be sick. At which point Andrew says to me, give him your bag. <laughs> give him your bag to be sick in. I'm not sure... I'm not sure what was going through his mind, but you never tell a woman to give over their handbag for a child to be sick in. Never, never, never. So I said, no, 
And he's like, well, we haven't got anything else, and I don't want him to be sick in the car. We're like, okay, but I'm, and we're having this kind of little discussion in the front seat while Will's saying, I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be sick in the back. And I didn't hand over my handbag. He was sick. So then we had to pull over to a service station, you know, strip him off, wipe him down as much as possible with the baby wipes that you always carry, no matter how old your children are. And then set off again for another two hours with the frosty silence in the front because I didn't hand over my bag and now we all we can smell is what's happened. But then also, you know, a, a child that's not very well that could be sick again. Yeah, it, it wasn't a good scenario. It was a very, very painful moment in our parenting journey. Something a little bit more serious, but when Olivia was born, we went to her first check by the doctor, her eight-week check, and we were so excited, and we actually knew the doctor. They were part of our church. We brought her, and, and she just kept going over Olivia's heart. She kept listening to her heart and then lifting her stethoscope and going back to her heart, and we were like, started to feel a little bit nervous, a little bit worried, and she actually told us that, she said, I think Olivia has a small hole in her heart, and we were just devastated. It was pain at that moment, our first daughter, she was perfect. How could this happen? And we were referred to the hospital, and she did indeed have a small hole in the wall, the middle wall in her heart. I'm happy to say that, praise God, she was healed. And a year later, we took her back to the hospital, and it had completely gone. But that moment when we found that out was a moment of pain as a parent, something we'd never experienced before. So my message today is entitled, Parenting Through the Promise and the Pain. The Bible describes God as our father, a perfect father who loves his children. He loves his children and he knows more than any of us what it's like to parent wayward, disobedient, difficult children because he has to parent all of us, right? So... And those painful moments, you have a father in heaven who knows exactly what you're going through. He knows how to parent through the promise and the pain. I can't imagine how much trouble we've caused him. You know, people say to me, oh, I don't know how you manage with five. I can barely manage with two. If I had a pound for every time I'd heard that, I would be very, very rich. But think about Father God, who has millions of children to parent who are perpetually disobedient and perpetually do not listen to what he is instructing us and go our own way. We've caused him probably to wring his hands and shake his head many occasions. But the good news through that is that God understands when we're going through difficulties as parents, he understands. He knows what we're going through. And I love 1 John 3, chapter one, verse 1, where it says, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us, and he has made us his very own beloved children. We are his children. God loves family. I love that title today, that over this, over this day, we are family because we are the family of God. So it doesn't matter what your family looks like today. I want to encourage you today. You are part of the family of God. If you've accepted Jesus and you've said yes to him, well, then God is your father and you are part of the family of God today. The Bible says in Psalm 68, verse 5 and 6, it says, To the fatherless, he is a father. Maybe you've lost your earthly father or maybe you didn't have a relationship with your earthly father. God is your heavenly father and the good news is that he is a perfect father. He never puts a foot wrong. So he can be that father to you. 
To the widow, he is a champion friend. If you've lost your husband, or if you're a widower and you've lost your wife, God wants to be that person. He wants to be that one who comes alongside you, side you and walks you through your every day. To the lonely, he makes them part of a family. You lonely today? God wants to pull you into his family and make you understand how much he loves you and how much you belong. No matter what your background is, no matter what your circumstances and situation, you belong in the family of God. You know, when we we find out that we're having children, there's so much joy. There's so much joy in that journey. But sometimes even before they're born, children cause us pain. Sometimes through pregnancy or maybe it's a, a process of adoption, there's pain through that journey. But it comes with lots of promise as well. And the Bible tells us that children are a blessing from the Lord. Psalm 127 Don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy, like a warrior's fistful of arrows, are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you, parents. Remember that at 2 a.m. when you're up for the 10th time. Remember that when your teenager gives you one more cheeky response. Remember that when your child asks you for another 10 pound. Remember that when you have to be the taxi to another place during that day for the fourth time or fifth time. Remember that. How blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children? Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. They are such a blessing and full of promise, but they're also going to come with a little pain. How, so how do we parent through the promise and the pain? I'm going to give you two things to remember today. Is that okay? Two things to remember. Number one, confess the promise and release the pain. You know, God our Father has put promises right throughout the Bible. Throughout his word, he has put promise after promise for our children. He wants us to know that he is involved in the lives of our family. He is involved. He is, he is intricately woven into our family life if we will let him. He has put promises in there for us to take hold of. He has put promises in there for us to confess. And I want to ask you today, what are you confessing over your children? What are you confessing over your family? You know, when we got married, as Andrew said, we came from completely different backgrounds. I was a pastor's kid, brought up very sheltered, brought up in church all my life. And he came and became a Christian when he was 15, was invited to church by a friend and became a Christian, but completely unchurched, a big family who didn't know anything about Jesus. And so we had to marry these two parenting styles together. And one thing I was very, very adamant about was some of the words that we used in the house. Now, not bad, bad words, but words that I didn't want to be spoken. So I'm say, I said, I don't want us to say shut up to each other. You might think, well, there's nothing wrong with that. For me, I just didn't like it when people said shut up to each other. I didn't want my children saying that to each other. I didn't want us to say that to our children. So you might say that and that's fine. But for our family, we had to decide what we were going to start to speak in our home. So that was one of the things we said. We said, we're not going to, say, we're not going to allow the children to call each other stupid. And we're not going to say, that. oh, you're just so stupid. How can you be so stupid? We, we said, we're not going to say that because we're not going to speak that over our children. 
And you know, I'm amazed at the parents that I hear saying, oh, that one, such a little monster. That one, nothing but trouble. Or they buy a t-shirt with here comes trouble on. Or little devil. What are you speaking over your child? You are speaking. The Bible says there is the power of life and death in your tongue. And we need to rein in what we're saying. Oh, they're always the miserable one. They're the miserable one. Oh, they never say anything positive. Well, no, they won't now. Because you've just spoken over their life what they are. We need to realize that we need to, instead of speaking those things over our children, we need to find the promises of God in the Word of God. We need to take the time to delve into God's Word. We need to seek Him and say, God, what are the promises that you want to give for my family, for my children? And we need to start to, start to declare them. We need to speak God's Word over our family and over our children. You know, at the end of last year, I was praying about some things and praying over my children and just some situations that I hadn't seen any change in. I felt like I'd been praying for such a long time and I hadn't really seen any change. You ever feel like that where you feel like, oh, just going around the same mountain time and time again. And I'm like seeking God and saying, God, why is nothing changing? Well, I've been praying about this for a long time. And God spoke to me and said, Louise, I want you to pray sniper prayers. I want you to be specific and I want you to speak those words and pray those prayers. Be, be purposeful about it and do it daily. God, and I was like, oh, wow, sniper prayers. Yes, I want them to be purposeful. I want them to be specific. What are you believing for? What do you want to see? What do you want to see fall in your child's life? Start to do that. And so I started to do that. I can guarantee literally within three weeks, I started to see situations change that I hadn't seen change for a long, long time. We need to be purposeful about what we say over our children, what we are praying over our children, and we need to start to get, get those sniper prayers going. You know, sometimes we're so purposeful about things, about getting them to clubs and getting them to extra tutoring because we want them to do, and there's nothing wrong with those things. But sometimes we're so laid back about speaking the promises of God about, over our children. We need to start confessing them. What do you want to see in your child's life? What do you want to see that the Bible declares? Well, start confessing that. Start speaking it and start praying it every single day. When we moved to London in 2010, our daughter Olivia, she was 10 at the time and she was painfully shy growing up and she'd gone to a primary school with all her friends from church, everybody that she knew. So she hadn't really gone into a new environment by herself and we moved to the big city from a small town and she was halfway through year six and starting a new school and I remember she was terrified her little face she was so so nervous she was crying the night before I don't want to go I don't I'm so scared I don't want to go and we prayed together and you know but it breaks your heart as a parent to see your children in pain and we just want to protect them don't we but I knew she had to go so because she wouldn't embarrass herself by crying in front of anyone she lifted her head and stuck her chin out and walked to school with us and didn't cry and steeled herself and got there to school and she did it. But you know, she was terrified and I could see that on her face as we left her there. And I walked home and I remember just feeling so heavy in my heart about that and feeling so much pain from, for her and on her behalf. But you know what I did was I went to the word of God 
I went to the word of God and I started to speak Isaiah 54, 13 over her, which says, all your children will be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. In righteousness, they will be established. They shall be far from oppression. And I started to speak peace over Olivia and I started to speak courage over her and from Joshua 1, be strong and courageous. And I started to speak those words over her. And do you know what? She got through. She got through and she did it and she was stronger because of it. When Max was leaving school a couple of years ago, He'd done his A-levels and he was unsure about his future. He's always been into acting. He was like, should I go to drama school? What should I do? Should I go to Bible school? And although we guided him, we knew that he had to find the will of God for himself. We needed to encourage him and pray for him, but he needed to find that. So what did I do? I just said, oh, well, it's up to you. No, I said, seek God, Max. But then what I did is I also started to seek God. And I started to speak over him, Jeremiah 29, 11. God, I thank you that you have a plan for Max's life, a plan to give him a hope and a future, to prosper him. I thank you, God, that you, the Bible says that you have a firm grip on him and you will not let him go. I thank you that he's called and chosen before the foundations of the world. And so I thank you that he will make a good choice and that he will... He will continue his future knowing what you want for him, Lord. Not what the world wants, not even what he wants, but his desires would be your desires. I spoke that on him over his life and we saw him follow a path that God had called him to follow. We need to speak the promises of God over our children. We need to confess it. When our children have had issues with friends, I've spoken Proverbs thirteen twenty: he who walks with the wise grows wise. Isaiah 44 verse 3 says, I will pour out my spirit on your children. What a promise. I will pour out my spirit on your children. My blessing upon your descendants. They will spring up like grass, blanketing a meadow, like poplars growing by gushing streams. And so I speak that over my children. I thank you, Lord, that they are blessed, that you promised you will pour out your spirit on them. I pray that they will be blessed today as they go to school. They will be blessed as they come out of school. I declare that they will flourish. I believe that they will excel in everything they do because your favor is upon them. Start to declare what you want to see in your children and see your situations and your children change. Amen? Amen. Amen. Children born to a young couple, Psalm 127 verse 4, will one day rise to protect and provide. Amen, amen, amen. For their parents. (laughs) We said we've got five, so surely one of them's got to be a millionaire and provide for us in later life. Come on. The odds are pretty good. Happy will be the couple who has many of them. A household full of children will not bring shame on your name, but victory. Victory when you face your enemies, for your offspring will have influence. Declare that. Thank you, Lord, that my children will have influence. They will have honor in Jesus' name. Wherever you are on your parenting journey, I don't know whether your children are six months old, or they're 16, or they're 26, or they're 36. Wherever you are, learn to hold steadfast and confess the promises of God and let go of those moments when pain comes. Pain is inevitable. We don't want to hear that, do we? Because we want our parenting journey to be full of joy and happiness all the time, but it's not life. And we need to prepare our children, but also we we need to prepare them by the way we walk through pain. We need to release the pain to God. 1 Peter 5 verse 7 says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him. 
and leave them there. That's the key, leave them there. How many of us pour out all our worries and our stress to our Father in heaven where, God, I'm worried about this one, I'm worried about this, and this situation's happening, I don't know what to do. And then we pick it all up, put it back on our shoulder, and we walk away and carry it again through our day. God is saying, no, leave it with me. Let me work it out. You do your part. You confess the word of God. You pray those sniper prayers, but then you leave everything in my hands and let me go to work. The Bible says, for he always tenderly cares for you. 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Number two, this is the second key. Follow the promise despite the pain. The benefits of having children between the ages of 10 and 23 allows you to see the benefits of what you've put in the older ones when they were younger. So as we've said, Will is, fi- is 10, he's not 10, he's not five, he's 10, but he's number five. And I'm just like, older. I'm older now. And the, the kids say to me, mom, you're so soft with him. I'm like, I know. They're like, dad, you're so soft with Will. You're so soft. He's obviously the favorite. It's not that he's, a f- he's the favorite. It's just that we're old now. We can't be bothered the same. We just haven't got the energy to discipline the same. And he looks at me, like Andrew said earlier, with those big blue eyes, and I can't say no. It just melts my heart. And I'm like, and Olivia said, you're creating a monster. And I'm like, but he's a really cute monster. (laughs) But we need to realize that we will reap what we sow into our children. My mum used to say to me, master them before they're five, or they'll master you. So that's for everybody who's got the kids under five. Master them before they're five or they'll master you. And I think that's very, very true. But God has given us clear instructions in his word concerning how we should parent our children. The promises that he has given us, are they not just nice sayings? Something encouraging that makes you feel good for a couple of moments on Instagram. A good quote, oh, that's a good idea. No, these are a blueprint for us to parent our children. And there is blessing attached to the promise if we do things God's way. And when we do that, when we start to follow the promise and actually put into practice all the things we've started to confess and the things we've learned from God's word, the pain becomes a mere distraction. It's just trying to knock us off course. But we realize that the challenges of parenting, they're not there to break us. They're there to strengthen us. They're there to strengthen us for the next part of the journey. We learn. And so we don't do the same that we did with the second as we did with the first. Or when we go through something again, we go, no, God, you strengthened me through that. And I, I'm, I've got peace now because I know you're in control. So we follow the promise. You know, the word follow is not passive. It's active. Follow means to go after And we need to start to go after the promises of God. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. We have a responsibility for what we input into our children. So we've confessed, we've spoken over them, but then are we going to follow through? Are we going to do the hard yards? Are we going to bring them to the house of God even though they don't want to come? I'm amazed at so many parents who you say, oh, I didn't see you in church. Oh, well, you know, the little one didn't want to come. Really? So if they don't want to go to school, you just go, okay, you don't have to go to school today. You don't, they don't want to brush their teeth? So you say, okay, you don't have to. No, you don't because you know that it's good for them. 
You know that it's good for them to go to school. You know that if they don't brush their teeth, they'll all fall out. So you make them. But what do we do about, oh, well, oh, well, they just don't really enjoy it. They don't like kids' church. Tough. That's what we, there's been moments, our kids aren't angels who've always absolutely ran to the house of God. There's been moments when it's been difficult. But what we've said is this is a non-negotiable in our house. We will be in the house of God until you're adults. Then you do what you want. But while you are under our roof and while you are children and while you are teenagers, we will be found as a family in the house of God. And after that, oh, well, I know, but what if they rebel? Well, they're already rebelling if they don't want to go. It's not going to get much worse. Bring them to the house of God and believe that the power of God will touch them. The power of God will change them and they will start to be planted in the house of God for themselves. We need to change that planted in the house of God. They will flourish in the courts of our God, the Bible says. We had a family who came to our church a little over a year ago and brought their teenagers. And they used to bring them to youth, but the kids didn't, you know, they didn't really integrate. They didn't didn't really want to make friends, didn't really want to be involved in church, even though they'd been brought up in church all their lives. And I think that's just normal for a teenager. It's not unusual when they move churches. It's like, oh, I don't know whether I fit in here and unless they're super outgoing, it's a challenge. But what they, Andrew actually messaged the dad and said, would you be willing to run a connect group for the parents who are bringing their children to youth, their teenagers to youth in the church, in another area of the church? And so the the parents who are traveling a little bit can have a connect group while their kids are at youth. He said, I don't know whether your kids are bothered about coming to youth. And Ian said, he said to us, He said, I looked at the message and I was about to message back and say, do you know what? Yeah, I don't think they're that bothered. He said, and then I just thought, do you know what? I'm bothered. I'm bothered about them being there. I'm bothered about them being in the house of God and being at youth on a Friday. So yes, we will run the Parents Connect group. And yes, we will bring our kids to youth every single Friday night. And we will bring them on a Sunday because I'm bothered about seeing them in the house of God. And do you know what? A year later, their kids are integrated. They're serving. They've got friends. They love it. We will, if we follow the promise that God has given us in his word, we will see good fruit in our children's lives. It might not be as quick as that. It might take a few more years, but let me tell you, don't give up. Hold on to the promise and follow through with it and you will see it come to pass in Jesus' name. T.D. Jakes says, to the parents out there, if the enemy attacks your child, remain faithful. Don't allow the enemy to possess what God has anointed. Snatch back your child. You know, I'm not much of a fighter. I'm not one to pick a fight really with anyone. I'm quite, you know, a peacekeeper and quite laid back. And I think when you're a mum of five, you do have to have an element of being quite chilled and laid back. But let me tell you that if anyone came for my kids, you will see a different side of me. You will. If anyone came and tried to take my little will, I would rise up and I would stand in between that person and my boy and they would not be able to touch him. I would stand up to the person who was twice the size of me, who was scarier than me, who was fierce, whatever they had, I would stand between me and my child and I would not let them take him. Let me tell you, the enemy is coming for your children. He wants your child. He wants your teenager and he doesn't play fair. He's coming, but what we need to do is we need to rise up and we need to stand 
stand in between the enemy and our child and say, no, 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 you're not having them. You will not have my child. You will not have my teenager. Back off, enemy, in the name of Jesus. You start to rise up. We're so passive. Oh, well, it's just the way they are. It's just the way teenagers are. It's just the way things are. We don't have to accept the way things are. You stand up and you fight for your child and you take them back in the name of Jesus. Speak the promises of God. Confess the promises of God over your children and then follow through despite the pain. Keep going, keep going, keep going, don't quit. I'm going to ask Andrew to come up. Let's all stand together. We really want to pray over you today because I believe that the family is under attack in our nation, in the world, in society today, and it's time for us as Christian parents, spiritual parents, biological parents, the family of God to rise up and take a stand and fight for our children to confess the promises of God, to follow the promises of God, release the pain to him, and keep going. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that a good word? But listen, let's not leave. Let's not leave before we pray and we answer the call to parent, not on autopilot. Too many parents, and I'm talking about the church. I have no authority to speak into anything that's happening outside of the church. But in the church, let me speak with some authority. There's too much, way too much of parenting on autopilot. We're so busy that we're not intentional. Instead of parenting on autopilot, we need to parent on purpose. That's right. Parent on purpose. And um, some of you have got kids that have grown up and you, you would hold your hand up and say, Do you know what, I took my eye off the ball. I wasn't there enough or, or something happened or I allowed something a relationship to, to, to intervene. And, but you know what? It's never too late to snatch right. back our That's children. Right. So let's pray together as parents who have young ones, just looking at Matt down there uh, and Joseph with their young ones, thinking, man, what a great blessing these children are. Amen. But like Louise said, master them before they're five. five or they'll master you. God has placed you in charge and he's given you an authority. Can I speak to every parent and say that? God has anointed you to lead in your family. You might not think you're worthy and, and if you haven't make mis made mistakes, come on. We've all made mistakes, but God has called you and anointed you to lead. Lead in love, but lead with discipline and authority in a spiritual way. God has called you to lead. You may have uh, children that are older, you might have grandchildren now, and you might have some regrets. I want to say to you, don't live in regret, but now take up a new mantle of being an older parent. Perhaps you're an empty nester and your children have left the home. That doesn't mean that you stop praying for them and fighting for them. There is a fight for our children more than ever before. And uh, it's interesting, Louise says she's not a fighter. I was a fighter. I grew up fighter. Everything had to be a fight. Someone looked at me the wrong way. I was that guy that you didn't want to look at because I would say, what are you looking at? I was a fighter. Louise was just, was. But I've realized Louise has a trigger. And the trigger is when the enemy comes to snatch our children. And I love that about my wife. And all you mums in here, 
I want to give you a big round of applause. Come on, let's thank every mother in the house today. Don't ever back down. Don't ever back down. Don't ever back down. You know, there's a few occasions, there's a few occasions, I can say this with a little bit of jest now, but on the, in the occasion it wasn't so funny, it was more serious, that I've lost our children. I just forget things. My car keys, where did I put my credit card, and occasionally will as well. It's we have true. time it's to true, go into that now, but he is with us now. I'm thankful today. But there are occasions where I can't be, some things I just can't be trusted with, and one of them is taking our children out and bringing them home safely. But listen, some of you have lost children from the house. Some of you don't have a relationship with your children. God wants to build bridges. God Amen. is an amazing build, bridge builder. The power of the Holy Spirit can, can, can build a bridge that you never thought possible. And some of you have children who are not following the Lord tonight. I'm so thankful that all of my children are in the house of God. But I don't take that for granted because I've seen so many parents who've had their children snatched through a relationship, through something that was said, through an offense. Yeah. I want to tell you, you can snatch them back. And so I'm going to get Louise in a moment to pray for all the lost children from the house of God. I pray that this house, Soul Church, would be, a, would be a magnet for children coming back. Yes, Just amen. as the, the lost child came back to the amen. Father, yes, we're going to pray for your children to come back to you. Amen. But first, I'm going to pray if you're a parent, but I want to include every single person. You might be in here and you might not have biological children because they're offered somewhere else. Or perhaps you didn't ever had children. But I want to tell you that God has called every adult to take yes. responsibility for someone. And so whoever right. it is you're believing for right now, come on, put a name in your mind. And we're going to pray for them right now. Come on, whoever it is, perhaps it's your own children or those that you're spiritually parenting. Come, pray with me. Father, yes. everyone at home, we're praying together. Father, for every child, we pray a hedge of protection around them. Father, we pray the best and the blessings. The best and the blessings over them, Father God. They will be taught of the Lord, Father God. And you are a good, good, good Father. And so we model you, Father. Help us to be better parents. Always on a journey. Not perfect parents, God. And help us to resist the urge to flick on the autopilot button. But Father God, help us to parent on purpose in Jesus' name. And come on, if you've got a lost child, I mean, one of your, siblings, one of your children, they're not serving the Lord today. Why don't you raise your hands to heaven? Yeah. Louise is going to pray for a calling back. We're calling back every lost son and daughter. Yes. If they're 35 or they're 15, it's irrelevant. God loves them yes. and we're calling them back. Come on. Yes. Come on, don't, don't, don't be shy. Get your hands in the air. Let's believe, yes, let's believe that God is calling them back. Come on, yes, Louise, Lord. let's pray. Yes, Father, we call back every prodigal right now Thank in the name Jesus. of Jesus, represented by Hallelujah. someone Thank in this house. We call them back from the Hallelujah. north, the south, the east and the west right now in Jesus' name. And we declare all our children are taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. Yes. In righteousness, they shall be established. They shall be far from oppression. We call them back to the house of God 
God right now in the name of Jesus. But we declare that they will stand and they will declare the goodness of God in the house of God. We pray for people to come into their path, to speak to them, to bring them back to church. We pray that Holy Spirit, you will work upon their hearts even this day, that you will remind them of the love that God has for them, that you will remind them of the love of the Father, that shame will not be upon them, guilt will not be upon them, but Lord, that there will be a drawing by your Holy Spirit back into your house. We declare it. We thank you, God, that we're going to see it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, come on. Let's pray for everyone watching online. We're going to pray for everyone who has a child that's away from the Lord right now. In this house, in the room, there's many of us here. We're going to pray for you online watching, wherever you are, in your home, in your living room. This will be, I know many parents' hearts are breaking right now because their children are not with the Lord. But come on, we're praying for you. So come on, church, will we pray in the room for all those watching at home? Father, we pray you would bring children back. We snatch them back. We stand together in this room for everyone in their room. And we pray for a snatching back of the children. In Jesus' name, protect them, Lord. Call them, Holy Spirit. Soften their hearts. Bring people around them to bring them back. And we snatch them back for Jesus' sake. Come on, everyone say amen. Let's sing together. Yeah, come on, let's lift up a shout of praise. Believing for prodigals to come home today, amen. Believing for, I'm expecting, I have faith to believe that in the following weeks, we're going to be reporting and seeing praise reports on the screen of people coming back to church, of, of sons and daughters coming back with their parents in Jesus' name, amen. Powerful. Fantastic. I think it's really appropriate in this moment we just really thank Andrew and Louise and Louise in particular for the word that she brought. I know I was encouraged. I hope you were encouraged as well today by the word. I know I'm going to be deploying my sniper prayers. Anybody else out there? My kids aren't sleeping, going in with my night vision goggles and my sniper prayer. Amazing. Fantastic. Thank you, Louise. Every single week, church, we give people the opportunity to begin their faith journey. And you know, we've been singing this song, Firm Foundation. One of the lyrics is, I put my faith in Jesus. And I'm believing there's people here today that you've actually never made that decision. You've never actually said that confession of, I'm putting my faith in you, Jesus. Maybe online as well. Maybe you've been joining us for a while or even for the first time today and you recognize today what's been said just through the worship, through the word. And today it's, it's time to begin your faith journey with Jesus. We've talked a lot about family today, the reality that God is our father. You know, you were made in the image of God, made with purpose and on purpose. The Bible describes actually in Psalm 119 that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. But what happened as we see in the story of the Bible and in in Genesis, we see that sin entered the world and caused a distortion and caused chaos amongst our relationship with God. There was distance, there was chaos, there was this chasm that sin created and that's exactly why God our Father sent Jesus. As Andrew said, to build a bridge once again so that we might become reconciled, so that we might become known again to the Father and have relationship with Him. That's why Jesus came, friend. 
That's why he came for you. That's why he came for me. To die for the forgiveness of our sin, but to also give us life and to empower us with his spirit to live for him. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give people the opportunity today to respond and say, Jesus, I'm putting my faith in you today. And so if that's you, I simply just want to know who I'm going to get the chance to pray with and we're going to pray together as a family. And so on the count of three, I just want to ask for a simple recognition. Just raise your hand confidently in the air. Together online as well. On the count of three, One, two, three. You're saying yes to Jesus today. Thank you. Thank you. Be bold, be courageous. Believing people today are saying, Jesus, I put my faith in you. Amazing. What we're going to do, we're going to pray all together as a family. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Fantastic. Let's pray this together as a church family. But if you responded today, I want you to specifically own this prayer. So let's say together, just repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. To forgive all my sin and my failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Can we give it up one more time for those guys today in the room and online? It's beautiful. People saying yes to Jesus today and we would love to celebrate with you and congratulate you. We've got team dedicated outside in the atrium to meeting with you and to look you in the eye and to say congratulations. We would also love to put a Bible in your hand as just a real, just a moment of, you know, just almost a transaction to say, this is the day that you said, Jesus, I put my faith in you, my trust in you. And so we'd love to do that. We've got team outside, Bible pickup areas and same online as well. Perhaps that's you and you've, uh, you've made that decision. Then please indicate in the chat, get in touch with us and we'd love to help in any way we can. Isn't that beautiful church? Isn't that beautiful? Love it. Amazing. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.